Welcome to On Texas Football Live. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton, InsideTexas.com recruiting reporter and analyst, as well as On3 national analyst. Uh, Jerry, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Just got off the practice field at uh, Clear Lake a couple hours ago, and uh, I'm doing th- I'm doing this live chat from Outback Steakhouse. Had to grab a little dinner post practice, so uh, we're, we're at a little Outback Steakhouse. A pl- plug there. Uh, Bloomin' Onion, right? Uh, that's <laughs> that's what, that's what I my was, kids I always want when they go. I was ate out stadium well. I had to have a steak today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, we're gonna get an interview you got uh, from Hunter Modden on today. Yeah. Uh, right after we talk about this one piece of news, uh, you and I did the recruiting breakdown uh, this uh, morning and then uh, put it up on uh, YouTube this afternoon. Uh, one thing one thing we forgot to touch on was Cedric Baxter, the nation's number one running back, obviously a key, key recruit for Texas. Uh, Want to make sure uh, people know what the latest is there. He took an unofficial visit uh, to uh, Florida over the weekend for their big victory over Utah. But, Jerry, you talked to him, or guys uh, on three talked to him and got the very latest. What's going on with Cedric Baxter? Yeah, I think Texas is in a really good spot uh, still, solidly committed. Um, Some people say, well, you're not solidly committed if you're taking visits. But in the modern day and age of recruiting, I think he's solidly committed. I think he's got a great relationship with Tashard Choice, as we've touched on a lot uh, since he committed and before he committed. Uh, he's planning on being at the uh, Texas game uh, September 17th for the UTSA game. He had plans. He was, he was hoping to make it to Al- that Alabama game, but it's tough travel. If you have a Friday night game in Florida this week, then turning around, getting on a flight, getting to Austin for 11 a.m. kick it, it is tough, and that's why you're seeing those kids not come in this weekend. Uh, but he's, you know, he's still solid as you can be to Texas. He's got great relationship with, to Shard Choice. Florida will not back off. I would be – Surprised if he didn't take another visit to Florida at some point. Uh, you know, you got to make sure you go through this recruiting process until you sign in December, until you enroll in January. You have to make sure the coaching staff stays in place where you're committed. Your position coach is there. I mean, these are all important factors in recruiting, and I think that's where it's at right now. I think as long as Tashard Choice is at Texas um, with the offense they have, uh, with Steve Sarkeesian, uh, the, the type of year Bijan, Roshan, those guys are going to have. I still feel, feel good about it for the Longhorns. Gotcha. Um, all right, Jerry, you went to go see Hunter Modden, correct? That is the 2024 yes. commit uh, out of Clear Lake. You went to see him today. Uh, I'm, we're going to have an interview you did of him, but first, it is Hunter Modden because I think I spelled, I, I pronounced his name wrong. Is that correct? Yeah, it's Modden. It's Hunter Modden for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, you know, it, Worked out at worked out at wideout today. It, it, talking to the Clear Lake staff, he's been really good at corner this year, and, and look, they think he could play either or. Uh, they think he's just he's been so natural at corner for them. Uh, it, it's I think it's been really welcome for the Clear Lake staff. He plays wide receiver. He plays. He's a factor in the return game, but he he's playing more defensive back this year out of need. Um, and, and he's doing taken to it very well. Had an interception in the loss to Angleton, seventeen uh, seven Friday, which that one hurt Coach Larry McRae. Now Clear Lake High, he he played at Angleton before he went to Baylor play, so that was a tough one for Coach McRae at Clear Lake there. But Hunter's a you know a legit six foot one seventy five one eighty uh, strong, wiry, strong, but not even close to as strong as he will look at, with that frame. Uh, the thing with him is 
He's just got to continue to be a confident player, catch the ball with confidence on both sides of the ball, uh, stick his foot in the ground with confidence uh, because he's got a lot of ability. Um, and, and it's just interesting talking to the Clear Lake staff. Like he, They feel like he could legitimately play wide receiver or corner at the next level. But obviously, Brennan Marion recruits the school, had offered him at Pittsburgh. Texas took him as a wide receiver. He will be at the Alabama game Saturday. All right, um, let's go ahead and go to that uh, interview. It's about a minute 30 here of Hunter Modden with uh, our Jerry Hamilton uh, today at Clear Lake High School. Jerry Hamilton of On3 and Inside Texas here with new Texas commit Hunter Modden. Yeah, there you go. Hunter, I guess take us back to the decision to commit to Texas. Why do you commit to Texas and the win? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I committed to Texas, I committed on September 2nd, my mom's birthday, and... When she was in college, she told me that Austin was a, a a very good place. Like she always loved Austin, and she wanted to go to UT, but unfortunately she couldn't. So I kind of did it for her. And also, when I went on the visit there, and um, when I went up for a camp at UT, I just I loved the atmosphere and the coaches. They always held me up if I did something wrong. They always they pointed it out. They, you know, and. Um, with Coach Coach uh, Marion, my fault. With Coach Marion, he's been on me since I was a freshman when he was at Pittsburgh, and he gave me my first offer, which is something. And it just we kind of connected like really quickly. And I just I love like I love his demeanor and just how he um held, holds himself up. Sorry, I'm I'm stuttering. <laughs> no, you're great. You're great. And then you're going to up to the Texas Bama game this weekend. Kind of what are your expectations? Have you been to a game at Texas before? No, sir. I've never actually I've never been to a college game actually. Okay. So, oh, wow. Yeah. This is it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be something different. I want to see how everyone just carries themselves like I like the I just Oh, man. I'm just I'm I'm really excited. And how did you, how did you commit? Did you tell Coach Marion? Did you tell Coach Sark? How did you make that commitment to them? Uh, I told Coach Marion. I told him that I was going to be locked in September second. That he already knew, and he was really excited. Yes, sir. All right, Jerry Hamilton of Volunteer and Inside Texas here with new Texas commit Hunter Modden. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, you know, Jerry, it's, it's, it sounds like a, a good young guy there. Committed to the Longhorns, third commitment of the recruiting campaign for 2024. Uh, for Texas. Let's start talking a little Bama. We've got some questions lined up already uh, from InsideTexas.com uh, subscribers, and I, I think that uh, I'm just going to get going. Um, Jerry, if you had to put in an RPM pick for Longview wide receiver Jalen Hale today, what would it be? It was at, I think, 70% uh, this morning, but you've since reconsidered. What's What's going on there? Yeah, it's a, I went with 45% now. I think if I started over and made a pick today, it might be Alabama. Um, but we'll see what happens. I don't want to go that route. I mean, look, he's made two visits to Alabama since the last weekend in July. Uh, but Texas gets their shot this weekend. We'll see what happens. I think it's gone from trending Texas to trending Bama. Then he has the Texas A&M visit September 17th before uh, his commitment 
September 21st. And, you know, we've been doing this a long time, Bobby. These things, they have these swings of momentum. Um, and we'll see what Steve Sarkeesian and staff comes up with this weekend. Uh, but I think right now, uh, everything we're hearing is, is is more towards Alabama than Texas headed into the weekend. Yeah, I, I think that I think that it's one of those things we got to we're, we're on the watch. Um, you just never know. At one point in time, it looked like Jalen Hale was all Texas. Uh, but uh, as this is one of the reasons why you have to ask for the close, right? Always yeah. be closing. Uh, but uh, it's the nature of recruiting, and Texas is doing that to other folks uh, right yeah. now as well. Warren Roberson got a scholarship offer just this week, and now all of a sudden he's visiting for the Texas-Alabama game when uh, teams like uh, USC, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State have been on him uh, from the get-go as well, the young man out of Red Oak. So uh, those, sor those sorts of things happen. Next question, this one's going to go more Bama-oriented. Uh, Jerry, uh, on Saturday – Texas used Andre Carriage uh, as a tight end, uh, converted his number to number 92 uh, on a couple of different drives. Um, user from, uh, from uh, Inside Texas asks, um, with those two Bama edges, might we see number 92 for longer stretches in this game to help on protection? I, I think uh, I'm interested to hear your answer on this too, Bobby. Uh, my initial answer is, that sounds good against Alabama, but in order to make that a reality, your wide receivers and tight ends have to be able to win against one-on-one -on -one coverage. And I think that's where the question uh, lies against Alabama. I think that's easier against a lesser talented opponent to line up that way and have success. But to, in order to do that against Alabama, your wide receivers and your tight ends have to be able to win against man coverage and, and a lot of times against press coverage. So that's going to be the question there is, and it is a chess game, is is how will Sarkeesian attack Alabama and still protect Quinn Ewers a little bit, give him max protection at times, but still be aggressive with his play column? Because if you're not aggressive, you have no chance against yeah, Alabama. I, I, you have I, to be aggressive. Yeah, I think you do, and I think I think we will see him – I don't know if it's so much for protection um, as it will be for runs. Uh, right. Because because if you put him in on a protection, that definitely means he's not going out for pass. Well, uh, I think whereas, you have to decoy it at times too, though, right? Right, exactly. And that's what I'm getting at. You have to – that has to be part of the equation, I think. And, and there's no two ways about that, that if, if it's not, it's, it's going to create some problems for you. Um, another question coming in uh, real quick. And this is uh, something that you'll be happy about, Jerry. Uh, upon rewatching the game, random play towards the tail end. <laughs> Me, dang, who's number 84? That's some serious get off. Next play. Me, dang, who's number 84? As he makes a tackle for a loss. Oh, that's Jeray Bledsoe. That's a yep. guy that you've been talking about. You did a, a article for Inside Texas uh, just yesterday talking about all of the uh, freshmen that got a chance to play. Touch on Bledsoe and all those freshmen from yesterday. Yeah, you know, I always go back, and I've said on Inside Texas a few times, the first time I went to Bremond High, when Jure started blowing up before he transferred back to Marlin, um, my big takeaway from that trip was, you know, I, I pretty much got in the car, and I think I called I think I think called you. I know I called you on that trip back. I said, I don't know how to explain it other than this looks like the guy that Nick Saban's been playing with for a decade in Alabama, physically. And – you still have to develop as a player, but there's a reason Alabama, Georgia, LSU, when Ed Orgeron was there, all these guys who have had those types of 
specimens on the defensive line that they've developed in the NFL players. There's a reason all those schools offered him uh, because they've seen that before. They've developed guys like that before. He really reminded me of LeBron Ray, who when I was at ESPN, we had in the Under Armour game from a physical standpoint. And what's interesting about Jure is they've kept his weight down at Texas. I, I think that's the most interesting thing to me. He's probably 265-ish right now. I thought he might be 285 already. And I, I think in time he's going to add that weight. But right now they've kept his weight to where they can play him a little more on the outside, which I, I think is interesting. Um, and when we were at the Tuesday practice, you know, my takeaway was he's such a talented athlete. I mean, I think physically and upside – uh, wise, he may be as good as anybody in the 2022 class for Texas. And that's not a statement I make lightly. Okay. That's how much upside he has. And I'm not saying he's going to go on and be a top five pick. We don't know that, but his upside's ridiculous. Um, but I, I think the interesting thing to make the Tuesday practice was he, his snap anticipation wasn't great that night. And I walked away saying, from that saying, if he gets snap anticipation, watch out. Because he's just he's so twitchy for his size, he's going to be tough to handle, and he has to lengthen. Uh, if he's starting to grasp that, then uh, then he has a chance to develop into a big time player. Yeah, I thought he, I thought Jamon Tap looked good as a pass yes. rusher potentially. Yes. I think Ethan Burke is made for it. Um, they may have gotten some guys that that what, we don't. And look, and Chris Ross made a couple plays late in that game. They have four plus plus athletes on the defensive line in that class. I mean, plus plus athletes. And I can't remember last time Texas signed four guys that I would say are plus plus athletes on the defensive line. Got it. All right, let's go to this one. Uh, why did we offer another 2023 safety? Uh, that's Warren Roberson. Uh, I, I'm going to take that one. Watch his film. <laughs> that's why they offered him. I, I'm not trying to be uh, rude or anything like that. It, it's sometimes we – we talk about senior evaluations and Texas made them a year ago um, and they're doing it again. Um, but uh, I think it's fair to, to also ask, uh, does Texas not feel good about other guys on the field right now or, or in the recruiting pipeline as well? Yeah. So to answer that question, Javen Toviano is being recruited as a corner by Texas. That's what he wants his first shot to play at the next level. I don't think Warren has anything to do with Toviano's recruitment, whether that goes to LSU's way, AM's way, whatever way it goes. Um, if you've watched John, Jamel Johnson's tape to start the season, he's he's playing at the line of scrimmage in the box a lot. And and I think as a prospect, that's kind of what you, you know, at least I've noticed about Jamel at Under Armour camps through a couple of years or whatnot. I'm not sure he has that elite speed off the ball, you know, as a deep safety that Texas ideally needs right now. I think Warren Rob Roberson has that speed, playmaking, and range. And Texas has to find enough guys – like that to where they know they have two quality starters and a third guy for depth. So I, I think Texas is still in need at the safety position, whether Derek Williams signs with Texas, Jamel Johnson signs with Texas or not, they need a third safety in this class. And I was very happy to see them offer Warren Roberson. We've been high on him for a long time. The playmaking and ball skills show up at wide receiver more than defensive back as a junior in high school, but he still had four interceptions. He has an interception this year, has three touchdown catches this year. He's a guy that makes plays on both sides of the ball with his ball skills and with his playmaking instincts. And Texas needs guys like that at safety. What do you think of this comment? Because I, I kind of agree with it. Top to bottom, the evaluation in that class, the 2022 class, kind of blows you away. Feels likely to be an 80-plus percent hit rate, which is just insane. I agree. Hit rates are normally around 45% to 40%, and that's on a good class. Uh, doubling that number, I don't know that it'll end up being double because there would be some attrition naturally out of it uh but 
did they get the right guys 80 to 85 percent of the time i'm thinking maybe they did uh jerry yeah. your thoughts especially on on the lines of scrimmage i, I mean tech going into the sec texas has to build the offensive line depth and frontline talent and they did that in 2022 and they've got really good depth coming in 2020 through some guys that have upside uh but when you combine the offensive and defensive lines in those classes i'm and i'm considering edge part of defensive line I think it's a really strong class with some guys that have a chance to have, a, like you said, above the maybe a 60% type of hit rate. Aaron Bryant's going to play. Chris Ross played. Zach Swanson got on the field in that game, by the way. He was credited with a tackle. Um, Terrence Brooks and Austin Jordan both have a chance to be quality defensive backs, uh, whether it's at corner, safety, nickel, wherever. Jalen Gilbo, obviously, at nickel and star. So uh, when you start looking around at it, um, you know, Brennan Thompson with the speed. Uh, and, you know, what, what's Savion Red going to do? But uh, you look at that class, and um, it's a class that you didn't – and I'm not saying Malik Murphy won't be a hit, but it's a class that you didn't have to have a hit at quarterback due to Quinn Ewers transferring in. And that's a big thing with this class as well. So it's the offensive and defensive lines. I think they're going to get a number of draft picks out of those lines, and that is absolutely what the program needed headed into the SEC because those guys are either going to be sophomores or juniors when they play in the SEC, right? And they're going to be ready to compete in that league. And that's very important when we're going to look back on the 2022 class. Matt, do me a favor and put that uh, Andy, Matt, our producer, go ahead and put that uh, Andy Ludicky, uh, uh billboard back up there. Uh, Longhorn Live brought to you by Andy Ludicky. Stuck in the corporate rat race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general. Call Andy. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill sets and financial goals. Financial ownership isn't, or excuse me, franchise ownership isn't for everyone. But if you have a desire to take control of your destiny, call Andy or email him at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Um, I want to go next, uh, Jerry. This one is a big one for me, and it's one that I feel like you know, um, you and I both know, it is a big deal this coming week, um, and that's against Bama. Uh, and it comes from Jacob Langston, a, a user or a member over on uh, Inside Texas. Uh, which side of the ball on offense or defense do you think will have more success against Bama? I don't know if it's who I think will, but who has to. The defensive line has to have success against Alabama. Bottom line, they have to make – Bryce Young a little uncomfortable at the start. I think early in the game that is going to be so important. If he gets into a nice, easy flow early in the game in the first corner, I, I think it becomes a lot more difficult task uh, for Texas. But I think the defensive line has to have success. They have to be disruptive. And when I look at Alabama, and look, Alabama could cram it down my throat Saturday for making this comment. Let's be real. Their offensive line is not quite what it was on some of Nick's best teams, right? And I think you'd agree with that, Bobby. So when you look at where could you make a difference, on which line of scrimmage could you make a difference, I think it's the defensive line versus that offensive line. Um, and, and not that Alabama doesn't have future draft picks, but maybe not the same level they once did on the offensive line. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I mean, there were times where, you know, good luck, right? All I would say was good luck. I think you can have some success there. I, I think, but, but I think it has to be the interior guys. I really do. I mean, I, I, I think Byron Murphy, sweat could be a difference maker in that game. Um, you know, Ojimo, Coburn, all their experience. This is a time for those guys to step up and for Sweat to look like a draft pick, right? If Alfred Collins plays, look like a draft pick for 10 snaps. Those guys have to look like draft picks against Alabama. Else, we're, it's going to be a long day. I, I agree. I mean, I think that Bryce Young's too good. Yep. Last thing Texas needs to do um, is dice allow Bryce Young to nickel and dime them down the field That's and then right. hit a big one. I mean, because they, I mean, he can do it. He is a uh, bright quarterback, accurate quarterback, gets the ball out quick. Um, all of those things. Um, I'll, I'll take this one right here. I noticed that Bama struggled on the road versus Florida, Auburn, and AM. Is that a Bryce thing, or would you, what would you attribute those struggles to? You know, I, I don't know about. I don't know if they necessarily struggled just because they were on the road. Uh, they did not have a great receiver core at times last year with some injuries. Uh, although Jamison Williams, obviously, and John Mechie, very, very talented. Uh, but they didn't have the one they had the year before, right, uh, which was crazy. And right. furthermore, I don't think they had the the run game that they had a year ago or, or, or that previous year either with Najee Harris. Uh, Brian Robinson or Robinson was really good, but he, he wasn't the other guys And run games tend to travel. Well, yes, uh, is what I would say to, to manual here, uh, because I just feel like, uh, that's, that's more of, that was more of the issue than Bryce young in particular, Bryce young had a whale of a game in the second half against Auburn, uh, did not play great against AM. had, a, had one pick, uh, that, uh, he definitely would want back, but. Uh, all in all, uh, and it was early in his career as a starter against Florida. You got to remember that. I mean, he that was his first away game, I think. Uh, and so Bobby, really, this I, is only his second year starting. I would say this, you know, I'm not sure they really struggled against A&M last year more than they just lost the game. They had 530 yards on the road. <laughs> I mean, if that's struggling, sign me up, okay? I mean, because it's not like A&M's defense didn't have like seven future draft picks on it, by the way, and some really physical players at safety. So that's a uh, 530 yards on the road in that environment. Still pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, hey, I want to ask you this. Um, we haven't discussed R- Ravian Rogers recommitment. Not that, oh. I, you know, he recommitted to Texas A&M. Not that he was ever uncommitted, I don't think. Yes, he was. Um, he was. Oh, OK. That, I couldn't remember. I knew he went to visit yep. LSU. LSU has got some bad, bad juju going on right now, I think is the best way to put it, uh, around Brian Kelly's tenure. But. It hasn't necessarily stopped them recruiting well in their home state. All that being said, that doesn't surprise me. We expect TJ Shanahan, the lineman from Westlake, uh, possibly to commit to, to A&M soon as well. Uh, we feel like A&M's got some guys that are, are getting ready to commit. Not surprising to me or you. I never considered Bravion Rogers a Texas link. Did you? No, no. And, and, and no, uh, for uh, Scott, Ski Brick, whoever asked that, um, he was never a Texas lean. I talked to Bravey on last week, and he said Texas wasn't hap- happening with him. At the time, he mentioned AM and he was going up there for their game last weekend, and he did. And he mentioned LSU. He mentioned Georgia. He mentioned Alabama. Um, and I know Georgia was trying to make a run there after he decommitted. Um, but, look, it, it, that 
Texas and Rodgers were absolutely not happening. Um, Javon Thomas in Texas, maybe an outside shot, but with Bravion Rodgers back in the fold, like you said, if TJ Shanahan commits, then A&M starts building a little more momentum and maybe they can keep Javon Thomas in the fold as well. So yeah, Bravion was never headed to Texas. All right. I'm a, I want to do something here. I'm going to give away a free subscription to the next best question we read here. Okay. Uh, to inside Texas. And so uh, we'll, we'll give away the next one we choose. Uh, before we get to that though, Jerry, I want to talk a little bit about um, the big visit weekend coming up, uh, as well as what just happened this past weekend. Uh, several commitments in, Samaj A. Burrell, Spencer Shannon, the tight end was in, Jaden Chapman, the big lineman uh, was in. I think there were a couple other guys. Uh, Billy Walton was in as well. Uh, so there were a couple of guys in this weekend as well as some 2024s. Uh, and then this coming weekend, it's it's going to be a big list, 25-plus at least of guys with offers from Texas at some level? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge list. 20 players, at least 20 prospects that are in the on three consensus top 300 in the country in 23 and 24 class. That's a lot of talent, right? And, uh, Bobby, I, I, I kind of joke about this, but I bet we're talking football recruiting here, but just to put it in perspective how big of a, a visit weekend this for, is for Texas athletics, I bet if we added up all the four and five stars in all the sports – that they're bringing in for official visits this weekend, it would be 50-plus, 40-plus. I mean, this is a huge visit weekend in Austin. It, as Probably as big a visit weekend as Texas Athletics has had. Um, and when you – it's not surprising. I, I think on a Saturday morning, weather's supposed to be really good. Uh, up until that 11 a.m. kickoff, it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, and I was at the game Saturday. I know you were too. And my overwhelming thought was what well, there was 95,000 people there. It was the first game of the year. People were excited, but a lot of people maybe didn't come because they thought it was going to rain. And now I'm thinking to myself, and I looked at my son at one point and said, can you imagine what next weekend's going to be like here? I mean, it's going to be off the charts. And you got former NBA guys showing up, PJ Tucker, Jackson Hayes, Jericho Sims, TJ Ford. They're all showing up too. So, Everywhere you look for the football prospects coming in this week, and they're going to see NBA guys, they're going to see NFL guys, Vince Young, Matt McConaughey, everybody's going to be at this. So, yeah, it's a huge visit weekend, and I know we'll get into it, the outcome of the game, how does that affect recruiting. But, yeah, the visit uh, list is off the charts. Deuce Robinson, the number one tight end out of Phoenix, Pinnacle High, um, uh, on three consensus five stars coming in. Once looked like a lock that USC, maybe with the move to the Big Ten, that recruitment's opened up a little bit. That's what Chad Simmons, our national director of scout, uh, recruiting, says. Um, he still has to visit the Georgia on the 24th, Alabama the first week in October. But Texas getting a visit there. He has, obviously, he has family members in Texas. He's been to Austin before. There's the baseball angle with football. Texas has a lot to sell here, especially when they can put it on, put the tape up of uh, – Jatavion Sanders, six catches for 85 yards. It's no longer talk about how Steve Sarkeesian is going to use the tight ends. It's actually on tape now. All right. Um, I got a question. I'm going to have you decide which question we go okay. with here because I think both are pretty darn good. What needs to happen on Saturday for Texas to main re maintain recruiting momentum, yep. which plays into exactly what you were just talking about, or JT Sanders was the highest graded TE from Power 5 College in week one, how good do you guys think he can really be this season? Which one do you want to take? Uh, since this is a recruiting show, it's got to be number one. Okay, you got it. 
All right, Tongvu, you get a, a free subscription uh, to Inside Texas. Uh, please visit us at InsideTexas.com. For those of you guys who aren't subscribers, uh, we really try to uh, do the best we can. Uh, multiple, I mean, I think we had eight or nine articles today about the Longhorns yeah. recruiting, team news, all that sort of stuff. By, by, with, by the way, if you haven't been, by the way, if you haven't been to Inside Texas, go to Inside Texas right now. Joe Cook broke down every throw with video that Quinn Ewers made in his first start at Texas. You're not going to find that anywhere else. It's fascinating. Great article. Go look at that, if nothing else. Yep, I, I agree. That, that's just an example, a perfect example. All right, so what needs to happen on Saturday for Texas to maintain recruiting momentum? Yeah, I, you know, I think this, everybody's going to lean on a score. You know, okay, well, if Texas keeps it the 10-point game, what does that mean for recruiting? What if it's 30-point game? I mean, all the scenarios have been talked about. Look, Texas lost to Kansas at home last year and signed a top-five class. Um, and we kind of talked about talked about this this morning, but the product on the field, the, the offense, um, it, it's a fun offense. It's an exciting offense. But when prospects look on the field Saturday against Alabama, they're going to see a true freshman starting at left tackle. They're going to see a quarterback that transferred home from Ohio State that's a starter. They're going to know that 20-plus members of the 28-man freshman class, the 2022 class, played in the season opener. A true freshman starting at right guard. Um, just go down the list. Jalen Gilbo maybe starts at nickel, maybe doesn't. He started the opener. That depends on Jade Barron's health. But you look all over the field. The portal guys, Diamante Tucker, starting playing a lot um you look at that ovia has started since he came to texas two years ago but all the guys sarkeesian's recruiting and adding to this program they're playing they're on the field and i've always said players recruit players we talk about it a lot but i think it's underrated and if kelvin banks hosts player x on a visit he's gonna say you know what everything kyle flood and steve sarkeesian told me was true even if the backup guys, a Malik Ogbo, uh, you know, if he hosts somebody, everything they've told me is true. I've had a chance to come in here and compete. I'm the second team left guard, right? And you could go up and down the board, and that is so impactful in recruiting. Does it help Texas if they're in this game late into the fourth quarter? Of course, no question about it. But I still think it's an exciting offensive brand of football. I think the young guys are playing. I think you're seeing guys like Xavier Worthy, who came in last year as a freshman All-American. You've seen Bijan Robinson become a huge name in college football, even though he was already talented enough to do it. But I think that's the other part we don't talk about enough. Maybe wins and losses, it always affects you in recruiting. It's always been number one for me, and it always will be number one. But now with name, image, and likeness, does that change the game just a little bit? I don't believe as many prospects are making football decisions only as they as they once were before NIL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, I agree. Have success in with NIL in Texas, and I think that's impactful. All right, I'm going to answer this one for Grady Jenkins. 
Uh, yes. Jerry, you, you chime in a little bit too. Um, highest graded TE from a Power 5 college in week one. How good do you guys really think he can be this week? Well, look, he could be as good as he wants to be, essentially. Uh, he's got some work ahead of him as a blocker still, there's no doubt. But as a receiver, he's as good pretty much as it gets. I mean, Georgia has a, a tight end that's all world, in my opinion. Yes. Um, so I don't know that you're going to be up there with him. Notre Dame has a tight end that is all world, Michael Mayer. Um, but is can he be in that category? Can he be the best tight end Texas has had since Jermichael Finley or David Thomas or Bo Scape? Uh, Rod Babers said this in the post game. The answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, Rod's Rod's seen them. He knows what they look like when he he's had to cover them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I feel like Grady. Um, my opinion is, yeah. It, it, how good do I think he can be? Um, you know, he's got a world of ability. He just has to keep improving because there are still things he can improve. Jerry, you have anything on that? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm always the first one to say. I, I was wrong on a prospect, okay? He was an on-three consensus five-star prospect. We didn't have him as a five-star. And I'm not saying he is a five-star, but what I am saying is as a tight end, he's better than I thought he was going to be. I, I just thought Texas needed edge rush. I just I had him penciled in there for what Texas needed. Obviously, he had tremendous hands. He played split out at wide receiver and had um, the agility to do that and the stamina to play both sides of the ball and play up to 90 snaps a game. But he's exceeded my expectations as a tight end already, way past my expectations for him. The hands were there. You didn't know about the physicality uh, playing that position. And that's, you know, he's still going to get better there. Uh, but look, when Steve Sarkeesian the other day before the first game said he has the best hands on the team, I, I remember us talking about this on one of these uh, shows, Bobby. I said that kind of – I put that one in the memory bank because that's a pretty strong statement for Steve Sarkeesian to make. Yeah, it was like a – no. It, it, it wasn't even a question of what the answer was to Steve Sarkeesian because it just came out like that. It was, boom, yeah. he has him. And, and, I, and I do think that Troy O'Meara would fight for that, that, uh, right. that uh, thing if Troy was completely healthy and uh, full go every other way. Uh, hey, Rob, uh, I – Rob, I met at the Inside Texas Happy Hour uh, in Austin before the open practice. You did too, uh, Jerry. Yep. Um, will we see the go go offense? Um, I'll, I'll take that. Yep. We will not see what I would call as the go go offense. We will see a lot of two back stuff, though. Um, and we did see that in game one a lot with B, not a lot, but a handful of times with Bijan and Keelan Robinson simultaneously. One time they they had both of them flexed out and then brought one of them back in and then motioned the other one into the backfield as the ball was snapped. So there are just a lot of variations that, that Texas can use there. All right. All right. This is a good question because a lot of people want to know this. Britt Rasco, if it goes south early, do you let Quinn play through it and risk a confidence crisis? I think Quinn needs as many throws as possible. Um, look, I, I, I've said this before. It's not just Alabama. I mean, yeah, they're the most talented team Texas is going to play by far, not even close. But UTSA will make him work the following week. I think these are both great games for Quinn. Whatever gets him ready to go to Lubbock and Kelvin Banks ready to go to Lubbock and this team ready to go to Lubbock, I've had the Texas Tech game circled since before the season. Bobby, you're the first person to point it out to me. That is the must-win game. Texas this year. I really believe that. And while people say, well, Tech's not very good, they should win. Well, 
it's not always that easy in Lubbock. I mean, the last three Texas teams that went to Lubbock won by a touchdown or less. 22 points uh, it covers the, uh, those three games. So it's never an easy place to play. But Texas, I'm not. it's, it's a must-win game for me. It, it's a confidence builder. You want to start off 1-0 in conference. You don't want to lose to Joey McGuire in year one. He'll have that team really fired up. So I think the Alabama game and I think UTSA are both huge for Quinn. But to answer that question, look, unless the guy's taking hit after hit after hit, unless you are just unable to protect him, I think he needs to play as much as possible. Whatever gets him closer to 100 passing attempts before you head to Lubbock uh, in his career, I think matters greatly. I think that's a fair I, – I, I wouldn't have said it any different. Um, how can games like this affect the young guys? This kind of ties into it, right? And what is a positive outlook we can have Saturday night after the game? So, I mean, I, I think this is fair. Like, like my, my question or my comment here, and, and Jerry, give me your, your feelings on this as well. My, feel, my, my thought is that Texas guys, the young guys need a barometer of sorts, yeah. uh, especially the really talented young ones. I mean, I'm not talking about Bijan here. Bijan has been around for – I'm talking about the Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I'm talking about Brennan Thompson, Kelvin Banks, Cole Hudson, uh, DJ Campbell, if he gets in the game, Ethan Burke, uh, Jalen Gilbo. Those guys need to know what good looks like in an opponent, and they're going to find that out pretty quickly. And by playing Alabama, they're going to find it out before they even host UTSA, which won 10-plus games a year ago, before they go to Lubbock. So I, I'm not a negative guy about these big non-conference games preseason. I actually think it's good as long as, uh, you know, you, you emerge unscathed relatively on the injury front, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I think positive outlook for me is um, a team that, look, Alabama's favorite. They're favored by 20 points, okay? I mean, that's unheard of on the road, right? That's that, Well, maybe not unheard of for Nick Saban, but it, it, you don't see it very often, right? Uh, maybe back in the Spurrier and Bowden days when they're beating the brakes off everybody at Florida and Florida State. But, um, look, to me, even if you lose the game by three touchdowns, to stand in there physically and know if you're Ethan Burke and you're playing against a guy 60 pounds more than you every snap, maybe 70, if you stand up to that physically, I think that's a, I think that's a positive for these guys, for these young kids. Um, look, Kelvin Banks standing there physically. Um, uh, they're going to come after him with everything they have. I think a bigger thing maybe is the interior of the Texas offensive line. Everybody's talking about Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, and I get it. They're future top ten draft picks. I get it. Tim Smith now, I lived in Jupiter, Florida. I called high school games at Sebastian River. Tim Smith is a large human with great feet and great flexibility, Okay. Like what Kyle Flood's recruiting on the offensive line, for those of you going to the Texas game Saturday, wait until you see Tim Smith walking around before the game. You're going to be like, oh, even at Alabama, he looks a little different, right? I mean, you have to stand up to DJ Dale on the inside interior, Tim Smith at the 4-I. Those are some massive guys, and the biggest guys Texas will play against all year. Having Being able to hold up physically against those guys, even if you lose the battle but you're in the fight, I think matters a lot. Um, and I, I would like to see the Texas corners have some success in this game. I, I really think that's big. I mean, 
Look, Alabama doesn't have four first-rounders running around out there anymore, but I will tell you this. They have guys that can beat you over the top. They have the guys that can just beat you route in, route out. And I would like to see Deshaun Jamison have success in this game. A couple of key pack pass breakups, making plays on the ball, right? Um, Jameer Johnson comes in, has some success. Anything that builds confidence for these guys, I think is huge. Uh, talking uh, with Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com, uh, uh, national recruiting analyst for On3 as well. Uh, On Texas Football Live is brought to you by Andy Ludicky and my French, MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you looking to diversify? You may be someone like me that has their hands in multiple businesses. Well, Andy can help you diversify by finding your business, you a business that will fit your time allotment and financial goals. Call him or email him to learn more. He's got a really cool process. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, Jerry, next question for you. And this is, this is something that we think about uh, a lot here. And Jesse Wyatt asked it as well. Uh, would you be surprised if Texas handles Bama like Texas did Georgia or how Texas played LSU uh, early in LSU's championship season? Well, I, I think the difference there is um, more experienced team, LSU game. I quarterback, mean, for sure, for, right? Quarterback, Colin Johnson, Devin DuVernay. I mean, the offensive Osai. line. Osai, offensive line, had more starts, right? I mean, that was a team equipped to physically get in there and, and, and have that hand-to-hand combat for four quarters. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing Texas is up against in this game, really, is, is you, it feels like they're a year away from physically being there, being ready, right? That doesn't mean you can't win. That's why you play the games. But I think that's the big difference for me. And, and the style of play, just different, right? I mean, and, you know – Sam was such a physical player quarterback. His teammates had no they had no other choice but to be physical players, right? And that really showed up in the Georgia game. I mean, Texas beat Georgia up physically in that game. They and ran that, the quarterback four uh, three three times out of four on on the goal line right. from the one. And they right. barely made it, but like a half inch. Barely made it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Look, uh, I talked to a offensive coordinator at the division one level today. And he's of the opinion that Texas is going to play the most physical game they have since that Georgia game. He just thinks the players are going to play a very physical game uh, Saturday and, and, and play this one into the fourth quarter. We'll see. Um, I don't. I, I think that's possible. Uh, but if there's a difference this year, I just think it's. I mean, such a young team uh, when you're going against a team that played in the national title and is breathing fire after losing to Georgia. Hey, if this comes true on this this question below. I- I don't know. We need to make one of those crazy bets where you shave your head, <laughs> or I or I make you, you you have to do videos from somewhere other than the Starbucks or the the the, the Outback or or somewhere like that in your car, Jerry. Oh, I don't think if Texas ends up being up twenty eight to seven, uh, like against OU, and then they collapse, is it a moral up victory or an upset because we didn't fi- finish? I <laughs> look, uh, I I I volunteer, Jerry to get his hair head shaved if Texas is up 28 to seven and we have to worry about that. How about, how about that? You agree with that, Jerry? Yeah, I know. Well, I sacrificed that. I guess I have no (laughs) choice here. It's live TV, but yeah, look, if Texas is up 28, seven on BAM at any point during the game, I mean, it's a win. I don't know what to tell you. It's a win. I mean, that means 
that means it, Bama's busted coverages. You blocked the punt. You took a punt back. Something's happened because the chances are you're not driving the field four times on them, right, and scoring. So it, it, it it's going to be chunk plays, uh, big plays, maybe pick six, something like that. So, yes, I, I, I've i never wanted to depart with all my hair, but I guess if it happens, it happens. Well, uh, Matt, our producer, thinks it would be funny if I did the postgame shirtless. And to Matt, I would say we're trying to attract people <laughs> Uh, to the post-game show, not repel them uh, if that were to happen. So Jerry losing all his hair. I mean, he's 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 an old man. Me, I could that would look just uh, really bad. Um, Jerry, question: uh, Could Ajay Hall be a factor this Saturday? Uh, last week he did he did not practice. Was uh, uh, in uniform for the game. Did not participate. I, you know, Jerry, I don't know that. I think he can be a factor. Will he be a factor? Is a better question, maybe. And I just don't know that that he's going to be there. Uh, Texas has some guys at receiver that they're using right now. Yeah, I I think this is a game where you go with the guys that you know are dependable early, right? Maybe sneak Brennan. I'm interested to see if they sneak Brennan Thompson in and and, and just send him down the field a couple of times earlier in this game and see if they can just win a battle, uh, you know, down the field early. Uh, with Hall, if he's not motivated for this game, I don't know when you're ever motivated. This is a great opportunity for him if he does get on the field. Um, look, he's been a guy that's had inconsistent hands since high school. We had him at events at Under Armour. We had him at Deion Sanders Prime 21 camp in Dallas. He's always had inconsistent hands. I've always chalked it up to cons- uh, to concentration, not really hands. I think it's just a concentration issue, um, and I think that's kind of carried with him outside of football too. Um, if there's ever a game that have be locked in 100% and have full concentration, it's this game for him. And uh, we'll see if he gets opportunities. But I do say this. I hope he gets an opportunity Saturday because I feel like he's one of the guys that Texas needs to have win a play, a one-on-one battle play where Quinn can put it in an area code and that catch radius can make a play. I think Quinn's going to need some guys to make plays for him like that Saturday. And Ajay Hall is one of the top guys on the roster in terms of catch radius, athleticism, to just go up and make a play. Um, Manuel tells us we were wrong this week about covering the spread. Is Texas better than you thought they would be? I'm going to – we'll both answer that. What do you think? Um, well, I think, you know – not the nitpick. I mean, when you get a gifted pick six, right? I mean, those things happen, um, especially inferior opponent teams. Um, I think Texas defense looked more disciplined to me in game one. I didn't think you saw the breakdowns that we saw last year. And, and I think that's a big difference um, in, in Texas in the in the opener for me. Um, so are they better? I think they're they, – appear to be better because they're more disciplined. I don't think we can judge if they're better against Alabama. I think that starts week four. I've said that. Get get these guys some time uh, to develop, uh, these young guys time to play. But they're more disciplined. Are they better? I think that's going to be determined here in the next uh, three weeks. And it looks like we may have lost a connection with Bobby. So while we lost that connection, I'm just going to I'm just going to kind of difference between official and unofficial visits. Reed Thompson, great question. Official visits, look, um, differences on official visit, player X can come in, uh, hotels covered by the university, uh, 
parents, flights, everything's covered by the university, meals, hotels, lodging, all that good stuff. Unofficial visits, not supposed to be covered. That is considered on your own dime. Now, the game day experience, what you do around the program, the uh, with the coaching staff, all of that's the same. All of that's intact. It's getting to Austin for the visit, your lodging for the visit, and then your, uh, you know, your return trip home. That's where the difference is between the official and unofficial visits. Once you're on campus, it's all the same. You have to spend the same time with the coaching staff, uh, with the recruiting staff. You're treated the same. You, you, you uh, absolutely sit in the same areas uh, where the recruits sit at the University of Texas. You still get you can get all the campus tours. So everything is the same once you get to campus. It's just getting the campus is the difference between the official and unofficial visit. I apologize, guys. My, my power went out and surged. Uh, and so I am uh, now back at it. Uh, Matt, uh, the producer, can you hear me okay and everything, Matt? All right. Uh, good deal. Um, let's talk a little bit, a couple of the things. And this is one that I really agree with, theoretically. And it's not a, a definite, it's a theoretical agreement, right? Bama's weakness is O-line. How do you see our scheme on D? The reason I say theoretically is this. They're weak relatively for Alabama. They still have five NFL offensive linemen that they're starting. So let, let's let's be clear. It's don't don't nobody's nobody's saying this this team doesn't know what they're doing or they don't have the ability. Um, and so how do I see the scheme on D? I think Tech's gonna have to uh, get some movement up front. They're not necessarily gonna beat them with one-on-one stuff. Um, and they're gonna have to find ways to get Namarvian overshone in position to make plays behind the line of scrimmage uh, or in coverage. Uh, then you, you look at guys that I think that Jalen Gilbo um, and uh, Jade Barron, in this defense, the star plays a very unique role, um, not only in pat and not only in run contained, but also in pass pass defense. And I think that those things uh, are big. Um, and so I, I feel like Texas has uh, the ability to play to scheme this up. At the same time, they're going against a quarterback that that is a Heisman Trophy winner, a running back that may be the first or second running back pick up there with Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. He's that good. Um, and so they're, they've got their work cut out for them. And just because, um, just because Alabama's offensive line is considered weak by their standards doesn't mean that they're actually weak. I, I'm going to say – I'm going to throw one out there. I think a very, very important player for Texas Saturdays, Jalen Ford. And the reason I say that is he played well to the end of last season. And in the offseason, there was some chatter that, man, this guy's turning into a potential NFL draft pick. I, Bobby, I, I, you kind of brought up to me, uh, he didn't have that game in the season opener. And he's got to play at a higher level, a much higher level Saturday. Uh, because his uh, Texas needs a linebacker to play very well against the run. Um, and Tucker Dorsey is a really instinctive player. He's also an undersized player. They, I think Jalen Ford has to have a really good game Saturday. All right. I want to ask everybody out there to put in their picks for the game this weekend uh, for between Bama and Texas. Uh, Matt, our producer, will, will post some of those on the board uh, for you guys to, to, to talk about. I do want to say this, going back to that uh, the question that, Jerry, I, I didn't mention – uh, or I didn't answer because I, the the surge power surge happened here uh, was about not covering the spread. Texas only scored 38 offensive points. Now at the same time, um, 
I actually thought that the offense at times looked better than I expected, uh, particularly this at this point. The first two drives of the second half were dominating. They scored twice in five minutes, six minutes. Um, they came out. It was 24 to three at half, and they came out and put distance with them, took Quinn out of the game, and that was it, right? And so I don't have um, – I guess my point as it relates to that is I, I'm pretty – I'm pretty strong on what what they did on offense, um, and they were probably better than expected. I, I also want to say this about the defense. I've now talked to not only you, Jerry. I've talked to Rod Babers. I've talked to Brian Irwin. Talked to Justin Wells. You. We all know um, a little bit about football. Whether we're perfect or not, the answer is no. None of us are. None of us know everything, right? Uh, that being said, every single person we've talked to, or I've talked to. I said the defense looked better and more disciplined, yeah, more cohesive, a uh, little bit harder running it to the ball. Those are things that people notice. And so if Texas can be better this year, uh, I think that would be uh, outstanding. Uh, and so, yeah. I'm, and I'm I thought Rod, I thought Rod hit on something great. He was talking about communication and, it, we always talk about talent, right? And we always talk about the big bodies and the future draft picks and all, and, and all that, and for good reason. But it's it, it, Rod kind of addressed it like a basketball team. You have to have great communication to play great defense on some level, right? And if that's an area Texas is most improved, then that's a really good sign for the season, and we'll see as it plays out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm – uh... I mean, I'm intrigued by it all. I think that we're looking at a, a, a situation where Texas has got to be uh, their very, very best. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, the chances, less than 10% for me. What do you think? For an upset? For an upset? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think so. I, I, I Look, I just think Texas is a year away. I mean, I, I think there's just so many young guys. They're very talented. I love the players Sark's bringing into the program. I think they've got four or five future draft picks on the offensive line. I think that defensive line looks like they could have two or three type of those players. Jalen Gilbo looks really good. The transfers are good players. Um, I think this is a game where you feel the loss of Isaiah Naor, probably more so than any other game this year because he had the ability to win vertically against anybody Texas plays. And the anybody Texas plays is Saturday. Um, and that's kind of my concern for Texas in this game is – what Isaiah Nair could do getting vertically, what that could do to make Xavier Worthy a better player and Jordan Whittington a better player in Steve Sarkeesian's scheme, I think is going to be felt Saturday. Uh, and I think that's the, really the game. That injury is talked about more than any other game Texas plays this year. Yeah, I, this uh, chat uh, sponsored by Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. Um, stuck in the corporate rat race, rat race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general. Like Jerry sometimes when he has to travel to, to Florida, get in the car and go, go see some players, call Andy. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill set and financial goal. Uh, franchise ownership isn't for everyone, but if you have a desire to take control of your destiny, call Andy or email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. All right, uh, this one is a, a no-brainer to me. <laughs> Most attended game in Texas football history tomorrow? Or Saturday oh, yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and the most sideline passes given out. <laughs> and that didn't even factor into the attendance, yes. And the most cars towed, yes, all of it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I liked Sark's answer yesterday uh, at the press conference. Quinn's got to park where Pitt, Quinn's supposed to park. Oh, that's fast. <laughs> hey, but Bobby, think about this. Think about this. And I know TV's changed since Vince and Texas won that national title in the 2005 season, which actually ended up being six, the Rose Bowl. You have the Fox big kickoff, ESPN game day. I don't think they've both been at Texas the same day. I might be wrong on that. I'm sure I probably am, but I can't think of that happening before. It's literally everybody is going to be in Austin Saturday. So, yeah, it's going to be attendance records. It's coverage records. Um, I'm sure they've had more media requests than any game in the history of DKR. I, I'm willing to bet they have. Um, and that maybe that's just because of where we are in media versus 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But it still is what it is. So yes, attendance records broken, media coverage records broken, uh, former Texas players are currently in the NBA, record broken on the sidelines. I mean, it's all going to get broken. <laughs> yeah, I Good, good question from Justin here. Over under four and a half sacks for Bama. Uh, the, the, the opposite of that is true, too, by the way. Bama gave up a lot of sacks a year ago themselves. Yeah. They are more run blockers than they are pass blockers. That I mean, so, uh, but is Texas that pass rush team, or was that truly uh, just a function of p- playing Louisiana Monroe? Um, what do you think of the pass protection uh, and that sort of stuff, Jerry? Um. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be over. Uh, I I really do. I'm I'm going with I'm going with five, uh, five five and a half uh, or five five or six. Sorry, not a half. Uh, five or six sacks. I just think it's going to be over. Um, I I think Alabama absolutely knows they have to get the Quinn Ewers and get to him early and uh, really get him rattled and get him. Um, I don't want to say out of sorts, but you know, off balance <laughs> early in the game. Um, and they're absolutely going to stop the run. I mean, that's just that's what Alabama's coming in to do. And I think they just have the ability to get it done. And and I and people think of sacks again. They're just thinking about the two guys on the outside. I'm thinking about all of it. I, I, I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about Tim Smith. I'm thinking about those guys collapsing the pocket and creating the sacks. Maybe even more so than a Will Anderson does individually. Yeah, and and I think this is one too. This, this is a bright comment. Um, Saban does do, like, like to be, do what Bill Belichick does and take away your strong point, right? Yes. Um, make everybody make the whole team beat you instead of just one player. Uh, right. Bijan is a guy that can do that. Worthy is a guy that can do that. Quinn's going to have to prove that he's got other guys around him, like Jordan Whittington, like Jatavian Sanders, uh, that can be a part of that solution as well. I, I'll tell you an interesting point to me. On that, and I agree. Jordan Whittington has to have a huge game. Casey Kane has to, he had caught one for forty three. He's got to he's got to have three or four catches. I mean, is Sanders going to Jatavian going to replicate six for eighty five against Bama? Probably not, but he needs five or six receptions for forty five fifty. Right? They got to be chains moving uh, plays for me this week. But if you look at Quinn's first game, and I don't know what your thoughts were, Bobby, but sitting in the stands to me. Anything left side of the field, he saw it and had really good timing. It, for whatever reason, to the throws to the right side of the field, both in the intermediate and vertical game, he was a little late to me. And it may have just been a first game thing. We'll see if it's something that is uh, pr- 
progresses to continue to be the same thing. But if I noticed that from the stands, I know who else noticed it, right? <laughs> Nick Saban and Pete Golding studying the tape noticed it. Okay, there were guys open on the right side of the field. He didn't see him. He was late on the deep ball uh, to wor uh, Worthing. If that ball would have been placed outside shoulder, that thing's probably completion, even though the safety uh, was headed that direction. So if I saw it from the stands, I know Alabama, as much film as they study, sees it too. So I think they're going to force Quinn to make the throws that he couldn't make last week. And that's Jordan Whittington. That's Casey Kane. That is uh, Jatavion Sanders on the right side of the football field. Um, if you're just now joining us, this is Jerry Hamilton uh, of On3 and InsideTexas.com, uh, your source for Texas Longhorn football and recruiting news. I'm Bobby Burton, your, ho your host. Uh, Jerry, a question here for you that I, I think that is a fair one as we talked about recruiting earlier, but I want you to go back uh, through this. If Jalen Hale chooses ops other than somewhere other than Texas, who's the next potential wide receiver that Texas is looking at. And I want to say this, there's not, it's not necessarily um, Jalen Hale is the only one they're recruiting right now. They're actually recruiting several. Jalen Hale is just the next one that's expected to commit on right. September 20th. Yeah. I think it's a great question. And, and for the people that are just tuning in, um, I lowered my RPM from 70 to 45 on Jalen Hale. And obviously inside Texas, we've been talking about that today. I think Alabama's trending a little bit in that one, headed into the official visit. Not saying he's going to Alabama. That's what the official visits are for. Texas has their chance this weekend, and AM can muddy the waters September 17th before his September 21st decision. But the question is if Jalen Hell goes elsewhere, <coughs> you look, Brennan Marion's continued to stay in contact with Kyle Parker, uh, the wide receiver from Lovejoy High School committed to LSU. He offered Parker at Pittsburgh, and we know how important that is to Brennan Marion in his evaluation process. We've seen it with Jonah Wilson, who has huge season, by the way. We saw it with Hunter Modden this uh, this week. Marion trusts his evaluations, his early evaluations. He, he locks in on those guys, and he trusts those evaluations. He's never backed off of Kyle Parker. He offered him at Pitt. He offered him at Texas. Then Texas had John Taycook. They had some other guys. Parker ends up going to LSU. But that contacts remain. And, and that's an interesting one to me because I don't think Parker's a lock to sign with LSU despite his father going there. I don't think he's a lock. I think he's got a really good relationship with Brennan Marion. What's interesting about it, would he be the guy if Hale goes to Bama? Well, they're two different wide receivers. That's the interesting thing to me. Kyle Parker's more of a slot, right? And you have John Taycook in this class already, right? So that's what's interesting to me and Ryan Niblett in this class. And that's would be three somewhat similar guys. I mean, Niblett's obviously faster than everybody else, but still similar body type, similar position possibly. Um, so that would be interesting to me. Um, you know, then there's Mikel Harrison Pilot, who's coming in unofficially this weekend. Another guy, he officially visited Texas, I believe, June 17th with Arch Manning. That was the weekend he came in. Texas continued to be in contact with him. He's more of a guy that you would look at if Jalen Hell went to Longview, would he slide into that same receiver position? That's who you would look at more. So it'll be interesting if Hell goes to Bama, which direction Texas goes. All right. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, InsideTexas.com. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, we've gone just over the hour that we were scheduled. Jerry's going Jerry's gonna to get kicked out of the uh, uh, <laughs> dining area there at Outback Steakhouse, I think, uh, that he's trying to, to do this show from on the road. Uh, but uh, Jerry did also go see Hunter Modden today, the 2024 commitment at Clear Lake. He's going to have a write-up on that for in, on Inside Texas tomorrow, I believe. 
if he hasn't done it already, but before I got a chance to even read it, uh, but uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming tomorrow. Uh, just a programming note. Uh, Tommy Yarish is going to be interviewing the Alabama beat writer uh, for, uh, for the Bama insider uh, website. Uh, Tommy's going to be asking him what the Bama viewpoint is of the Texas team and where they think they can beat them. Uh, make sure you check out that story here. Also, uh, state of the program tomorrow uh, with myself and InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nolene. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining us. Uh, next live chat will be uh, Friday at one o'clock. Thanks. <laughs>